Today, South Africa had a golden opportunity to hold President Cyril Ramaphosa and the ANC, the party which he represents, to account for decades of chronic corruption. It was an opportunity to ask hard, probing questions and to get to the bottom of state capture. And it was an opportunity which the State Capture Commission squandered. Let's get started. Spread the fire fam, welcome back to SMWX. If you're new around here, my name is Dr. Cizwem Bofu-Walsh. And in today's video, I'd like to react to President Cyril Ramaphosa's testimony before the State Capture Commission. This is day one of his testimony. Look, I'm doing this video really soon after the testimony. So just bear with me. Um, but I was desperately disappointed by what we saw today because President Ramaphosa doesn't answer media questions. He talks to us via one-way broadcasts when it's convenient for him. And so today was a rare and golden opportunity for South Africans to hold an ANC president accountable in real time. It's an opportunity that doesn't come around every day. And I'm afraid to say, even though I've been loath to criticize the State Capture Commission, because I think in many ways it plays an important role in uncovering corruption in our country, but the commission today failed in its duty to South Africans, not only to prove that it's fair in its scrutiny and that it treats all witnesses with the same degree of scrutiny, but it also failed in its duty to actually probe state capture and get to the bottom of it. President Cyril Ramaphosa was a senior ANC leader before President Zuma's term and after President Zuma's term. He was one of President Zuma's right-hand leaders. He was President Zuma's right-hand leader. At the 2012 Mangaung conference, when major allegations of corruptions were being levied against President Zuma, current President Cyril Ramaphosa joined the Zuma slate knowing he defended Zuma. He offered a, a, a serious defense of President Zuma after that conference, saying that he was a good leader and effectively lending legitimacy to Zuma's leadership at a key time when much public pressure was actually building against ANC corruption. So today we had an opportunity to actually probe and ask questions to President Ramaphosa about some key things. And if I was asking President Ramaphosa questions, I would simply have wanted to know a very simple thing. What did you know? And if you didn't know, why didn't you find out? So it's not just simple enough to say, it's, it's too simple for President Ramaphosa to say, look, I didn't know, it wasn't me. Why didn't you know? Why didn't you know when the entire country knew? 
If you didn't know, why didn't you take steps to know? If you didn't know, doesn't that say something about your leadership, your ability to uncover corruption when it's happening around you? If you didn't know then, is there other corruption that you don't know about now that you're turning a blind eye to or are ignorant of? And this matters not just because there's an agenda against Cyril Ramaphosa or because there's some factional agenda and it's all part of an RET conspiracy. President Ramaphosa is the most powerful person in the country. He has been a powerful person in the country for a long time. And holding him accountable is about a deeper question of accountability for the country. Do we just want to hold a certain group of individuals accountable when it's convenient? Or do we really take accountability seriously, even when we have to hold people we like accountable? And so for me, that was the kind of questioning that I was looking forward to today. What did the ANC as an institution do when it became patently obvious that massive corruption was ongoing at, at the very latest from late 2013 to mid 2014? What steps did the ANC as an institution take to avert the disaster? Well, we know it took very few steps because the disaster unfolded. But why was it so slow? Why was it so flat-footed? Instead, unfortunately, what we got today was an opportunity for President Ramaphosa to grandstand and to effectively turn the State Capture Commission, which is supposed to be an institution of scrutiny and accountability, into an ANC campaign platform. And in fact, a lot of what we heard was similar to what we hear in things like the January 8th statement or the State of the Nation address, which is a political speech. I'm afraid what the State Capture Commission and its evidence leaders did today was, was toss softball questions to President Ramaphosa, like what's your definition of patronage? And, and he would wax lyrical about what he believes patronage is. Or they would say, what are you planning to do in the future? without asking the hard questions about what he and the party he represents <clears throat> did in the past, which has dug us into this crisis, out of which it doesn't seem he's actually delivering us either. So let's just summarize a few of the things that happened for those of you who weren't able to watch the full testimony so that you can get your head around what happened today. So we started off with uh, Deputy Chief Justice Zondo actually making a public statement saying, look, uh, he had a meeting with President Ramaphosa and he said to him that it was important that he should come to the commission essentially to account. Then after housekeeping, and don't even get me started on the commission's efficiency because the amount of time it takes on pagination, housekeeping <clears throat> and tea breaks is quite incredible, but don't get me sidetracked. So after housekeeping and after we found the right page that we were supposed to be on after about 20 minutes uh, advocate pretorius then uh, spoke about dates and all of this kind of thing and then ramaphosa was able to make an opening statement as well and here i must say i was really expecting an apologetic tone a solemn tone look we as the ANC appreciate what we've put South Africans through. We understand that we bear great responsibility for the era of state capture. 
we understand that through our actions, South Africa's economy has been desperately damaged and we want to apologize to the nation. And then you can say, these are the steps that we're taking from here. Instead, what we got was a defense of the ANC. We got, look, uh, we might have made some mistakes, but you know, we may have deviated from our movement's glorious um, values. And, and there was this kind of fake half apology, which was then followed by a defense of what the ANC stands for and everything it's done since 1994. And quite frankly, also after Freedom Day, I'm getting quite sick of the ANC constantly telling us to look to the past when we have multiple crises in the present. And so this attempt to say, well, you know, we brought freedom, therefore we are entitled to corruption is just bizarre to me. So then after that, um, President Ramaphosa was asked a series of exceedingly vague, open-ended questions about the ANC's deployment policy. Now, what was frustrating about this is that nobody said, when you were chairperson of the deployment committee, what specifically did you know about deployments? What specifically did you do about this, uh, this deployment, this deployment, this deployment? When you were deputy president of the party, when you were deputy president of, of the country, when you were a member of the NEC even. Instead, President Ramaphosa was asked questions about broad ANC policies. What does the ANC policy say about deployment? What's your view of the way that ANC policy uh, was implemented? And of course, President Ramaphosa is one of the most skilled politicians of his generation. He knocked the questions out of the park because they were so easy, uh, because they gave him enough leeway to talk about what he wants to do in the future and how we're in a new era now and we need to ignore all that happened in the past because that's a past era. He didn't say it's a past era of the same party. He didn't say, by the way, I was the second most powerful person in that past era. He just deflected all the questions about his involvement in state capture to the future and promises that as yet are, are that are yet to be seen and yet to materialize. And I might add that he's been making these promises since he was deputy president in 2012. And so he's actually been making the same promises for nigh on a decade now. So then we had a strange sequence of questions which focused around what's the definition of corruption and what's the definition of, of patronage and only towards the end did we really start getting some specific questions not from the evidence leaders but actually from the the deputy chief justice who actually had to step in and say okay can i ask a specific question about abc to which ramaphosa responded um i'm not going to answer that now i'd prefer to answer that right at the end of my testimony in may and Everyone said, okay, no problem. You can answer that whenever you like. You don't have to answer now. So, yeah, I just, I just don't know if, if, we, if we are really serious about accountability. Um, I think 
quite frankly, we're serious about accountability for some, but not for others. And I think that's the hard question we have to have, uh, we have to pose to ourselves after today's um, proceedings. Proceedings which I thought really made a mockery of the process, really wasted taxpayers' money, wasted the attention of the nation, and squandered a prime and a golden opportunity to hold the ANC accountable. And this has really been the central problem, I think, of the Ramaphosa era, is that people just need to admit that they like President Cyril Ramaphosa and they think, you know, for some reason they like him. Um, and they think he's the better of two evils. And so in order to defend him, they are prepared to sacrifice broader accountability. And in order to defend him, they are prepared to accept the evils of the ANC as long as those evils happen, happen under his leadership. And that's what we saw at the State Capture Commission today. We saw people allowing their bias, their unfounded bias in favor of President Ramaphosa to cloud the broader and overriding imperative of holding the ANC, as a, whoever its leader happens to be, as an institution accountable for what it's put South Africans through. There was a survey released recently which said that nearly half of South Africans are either at risk of or are in hunger, in a state of hunger. Food has literally been stolen from people's mouths. We've had 13 decades of rolling blackouts. Corruption has not ended in Ramaphosa's era as the massive corruption over COVID-19, PPE procurement, and other forms of corruption around campaign finances have shown. Do we want accountability? Across the spectrum, but especially for the most powerful people, because I know that, that some of you will think, okay, oh, what about the EFF? What about the DA? What about this? What about that? Quite frankly, the EFF and the DA are not responsible for state capture. They have not been governing the country for three decades. They are not in the positions of power that really matter to shift this country from one place to another. So I completely appreciate the need to hold opposition parties accountable and where they um, are involved in corruption, maladministration, or even just say things that they shouldn't say. I fully appreciate the, the, the need to have consistency in the way we hold all political players accountable. But for goodness sake, we have to hold the people who actually hold power accountable. We can't have a situation where we, we hold opposition parties and their leaders accountable, but we ignore the person who actually has the most power, who needs the most accountability, which is the president of the country, the person who's actually charged by our constitution with discharging his responsibilities and who has promised and been given power by voters to change the conditions, the material conditions of people who are suffering unemployment, poverty, racism, the war on women, rolling blackouts, the list goes on. For the love of all things good, surely the more power you have, 
the more accountability should be brought to bear on you. And in South Africa, we seem to have a perverse equation where the more powerful you are, the less accountability you face. And I think that needs to change. So look, this has been a really quick reaction because I want to get this out fairly soon after day one of the testimony. Share your comments below. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Did you watch the testimony? What did you think about it? What do you think of, of what I'm saying about it? Always keen to interact in the comments. Thanks for supporting this channel and continuing to help it grow and look forward to engaging in the comments below. Catch up soon. I hear you.